Welcome to episode 53 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Mung. How are you doing tonight? Hey, pretty good. How about you? We finally got football. Exactly. We got football tonight. You know what I mean? And, and the biggest thing for me right now, I'm always excited for that Hall of Fame game, right? I mean, everything's getting, you get excited, and then you remember it's the Hall of Fame game. So the only thing you're worried about is, and I'm wearing my Andrew Luck jersey tonight, is to have a little bit of luck and not have your guys get injured. I mean, this early part, and we, we, you know, 2020 was crazy with COVID. Now we're getting crazy with injuries. I mean, we did a show on Cam Akers when he went down. Then Michael Thomas goes down. Now we lose not just Carson Wentz, but Quentin Nelson. And my fantasy teams are starting to take a beating here early on. So the biggest takeaway for me is this Hall of Fame game, I just don't want to see any injuries. You know, major guys, let's see if we can avoid some of those injuries. Um, what's the biggest thing you're looking for tonight? Honestly, not a whole lot. I know some people get really excited about preseason DFS and all that, but, uh, you know, we might see a little bit of Najee Harris tonight, but really, I don't think we're going to see much from any of the starters. Uh, you know, Dak's obviously not playing because he's still working back from that shoulder strain. And really, we didn't have to deal with this last year, right? This year's a little bit different. Last year, we were just concerned about even having a football season, which thankfully we did. Um, but, you know, in the preseason, like you said, all we really care about is not seeing injuries, and then maybe we see which guys are getting snaps, who's showing some flashes. But it's important really not to overreact too much because, you know, if Gilbert Garrett or Garrett Gilbert, I'm sorry, uh, or whoever, you know, uh, we'll see who wins out the number two job for the Steelers probably. But beyond that, you know, we're not really going to see them running their full offenses here. It's more a, a caliber of kind of just seeing, you know, who's starting to gain a foothold as far as snaps are concerned, especially for the younger players. Yeah, the, the biggest thing I'm excited for right now, and I, I broke out my redraft board from last year. You know, we have our sponsors been fantastic, you know, taking care of your, our graphics and doing everything for us. Draftkits.co, that's .co, not .com, .co. Best draft boards out there. You can see behind me, I got my Patrick Mahomes board. Everybody was asking about it last year. When people walked into the draft board, they saw the Patrick Mahomes, the Flames. You know, they got the different colors for all your different positions. So you can look at the board and see, you know, you got your greens. So I had Brandon Ayuk I just pointed to right there. I, I stole him in the last round. But, uh, you know, you get to see your, your different colors for wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends. So you can see the trends that are starting to go. You got a, a line of green there in the third round. So you kind of – you get to see those kind of things. It is the best draft board I've ever had. You know, guys come into the draft. They were excited. Everyone's asking me, where did you get that Patrick Mahomes? You can get 32 different teams. I saw they got a Zach Wilson one. If you're a Jets fan, I don't know who is. But, you know, they got it for every team out there. And, uh, you know, you guys got to check them out. If you guys go over there, draftkits.co, put in the code SMASH, you get 10% off. You know, just tell them Mung and Dad sent you and you get that extra 10% off. And they got boards everywhere from $19.99 up to $129.99. And this is one of those, those sweet boards they got in the back. But you, it's vinyl. These come off. 
you do all you do is get new stickers every year so you end up saving a lot of money if that's something you're really interested in they do them as custom as you want they'll put a picture of Mung and I on the back if that's what you want I mean I don't know why you would but they'll do whatever you want you know and get it out there fantastic stuff Mung did you get your your background I mean everything they do has been I've been thrilled with yeah, I'm excited. I think I mentioned it before, but our auction keeper league is going to be using this. Uh, you know, they do all sorts of different drafts, so there's room for you know putting the auction costs as well. So really, you know, whatever you want, however your league operates, they can customize pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just and so easy to work with. I mean, you just tell them what you want, they'll hook you up. So you know, a little little shameless plug there, a little bit longer than usual. You don't owe us anything for that one. Uh, so guys, go check that out. All right, so what we were talking about there is, you know, we got Najee Harris playing tonight. We got the Cowboys playing tonight. You know, you got Zeke going out there. We don't want any injuries because we've seen so many. So we hear about the Carson Wentz news, and we're going to jump into that first. Obviously, Carson Wentz has a foot injury out potentially 5 to 12 weeks. That's a huge difference, you know, between 5 and 12 weeks. 5 weeks puts him borderline week 1, right? 12 weeks puts him more like week 7, week 8, you know, and, and about half the season. Uh, Carson Wentz was a guy that I was I was advocating buying as your QB two in startups. You know he has the upside, he has the he has the arm, he has the weapons there. I mean Naheem Hines is there, Taylor, a decent wide receiver core, a lot of a lot of tight ends you and I like, Mo Ali Cox, Doyle. You know a decent offense, a team that we thought was definitely Super Bowl contenders, and they lose Carson Wentz. So what does that do for his value right off the bat in Dynasty? Before we even, everybody wants to hear about Jonathan Taylor. You know, in the beginning part of the week, everybody wanted to hear about Wentz. But let's start about start out with Wentz. Yeah, I don't know that this kills his value, but that's mostly because his value was already kind of hanging in the balance to begin with, right? This is already his second chance. Uh, the Eagles dumped him to the Colts, and now there's talk of well, maybe the Colts are gonna, you know, send a late pick for a Nick Foles or you know whoever to tied them over until, you know, they don't know when Wentz is going to be back. So really, I think the upside is still there. Uh, you know, we see that this Colts line is pretty good if and when Nelson comes back, hopefully with no, you know, complications or anything. As, as of right now, the reports are that both of their foot surgeries went well. So there's optimism that hopefully they should be back sooner rather than later. But the inherent risk is there. And that's why Wentz's value is probably dipped to, I don't know, a late first in Superflex formats. And I don't know that, you know, people are paying anything for him in one quarterback dynasty leagues. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it in Superflex. And i got to apologize to our listeners because about a month back, Listener League 2, I take Cam Akers, I tweet about him. Then I take Michael Thomas, and I tweet about him, how he's going to blow up this year. And then I take Carson Wentz, and I tweet about it. So I'm going to tell you who's next I drafted on that team, so you guys don't. But, uh, you know, for Carson Wentz, I feel like a late first is about right, but I'm seeing on Twitter in Superflex people paying two random second round picks. If you can go get him for two second round picks, I think that's something you got to do. The talent is still there. You know, I feel like he, you know, it's a little bit risk reward. You know, it depends on on what your roster situation is. If he comes back week one and you bought him for two seconds, I feel like that's a great deal. You know, if he comes back week eight, it just depends on what kind of how risk averse you are. We talk about that a lot. Are you willing to take that risk? If you got five seconds in next year's draft, and you and I have talked about it a while, next year's class is not deep. Those second-round picks are not going to be you know, as juicy as they were in 2020. This year we saw that a little bit, right? We got to that 205 section. Now all of a sudden it's like, 
who are we taking here? You know, who, who's this guy? Who are we going to go with? And I think next year's class is very similar. So I'm kind of with you. Late first, maybe. If I can get him for two seconds or maybe even pair him with a guy, like I'm seeing a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you can get Ryan Fitzpatrick in a late second, you know, that's something you can definitely package up and get yourself a Carson Wentz. It's very difficult to trade him at this point, though. You know, we have a couple trades we're going to go over with him. It's tough. Last week we talked about moving off. I mean, if you could give up Carson Wentz plus to get a contender, who's that guy you're trying to get that's in that similar price range where you're not feeling like you're giving up too much? Yeah, I mean, really you're talking about kind of the rookies, right? If you're if you can pay maybe Wentz and a second-round pick for like a Mac Jones or Zach Wilson for some reason, those two guys seem to be undervalued, even in super flex. Um, or maybe like a, a Tua type of player, uh, you know, second year, third year guys who have somewhat disappointed so far. Uh, maybe you can buy low on Baker Mayfield. Uh, the hype seems to be growing a little bit on Mayfield, but a lot of people are still out on him uh, due to being on the Browns. And, you know, there's a lot of options, but now is probably not the greatest time to sell Wentz in most leagues, simply because we know that people react very harshly to recent news and, you know, people are worried about him. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that segues in perfect. I mean, we have one sent in from one of our listeners. Uh, it's at, what is it? I am VIA. Always sending stuff in there. Great guy. He says he has a 12 team PPR Superflex dynasty with the quarterbacks of Lawrence. Wentz, Daniel Jones, and Garoppolo. So let's look at that room there. It is not, after Lawrence, you know, Daniel Jones is going to have some upside weeks maybe in best ball. I kind of hold him out as that guy that you like. If you have a stud QB1, you might be able to be all right with Daniel Jones. But in this situation, he's giving up Carson Wentz and a 23 will assume late first for Tua Tagovailoa. What do you think of this? Yeah, personally here, I'll take the Wentz on the first side. I think the gap between those two quarterbacks is less than a first-round pick right now. Uh, and and that's with me thinking that Tua can be a, a solid NFL quarterback. I'm just not sure that even if he develops, he's going to be a fantasy superstar simply because you know he's not a runner, right? He doesn't give you that dual-threat option, the rushing yardage. And then at the same time, while the Dolphins have started building around him, signing Will Fuller, drafting Jalen Waddle, that offensive line is still a concern. Um, they have a top 10 defense. So really, I don't see a ton of shootouts in Tua's future, nor do I see a ton of rushing upside. So at this point, I'm hoping that Wentz will be back early in the year and take that additional first-round pick. Yeah, I, I lean slightly to the Tua side, and you know I'm pr pretty big on Tua. But I'm starting to come around where you're at, right? Like, if I look at the, the the ceiling for Tua is slightly better than, like, Kirk Cousins, right? Can we say his ceiling is probably 8 to 12, QB 8 to 12 in that range, because he doesn't have that rushing upside. You know, he has the youth, it, he has the accuracy, but I don't think he's ever going to be a QB 1. You know, he's probably not ever going to be even much more than top 5, maybe a season or two if everything clicks. But uh, no, I know I definitely agree with you there, and we don't know where that 23 first is, you know. And we know that 23 class. We talk about it being fantastic. We talk about two a time all the time. But it's just a matter of like, the ceiling might not be what we want it to be. You know, we wanted he was before that hip injury. He was a lot more mobile than he than he showed. And there's some weapons there. I'm excited for Tua, but this is about the range we're looking at. So if you have Carson Wentz and you can give up Tua in a second or get give up Wentz in a second for Tua possibly a late first in 2022. That's not a bad move. 
for a contender, it gets a little bit dicey. Well, you know, one I've been trying to, to work out is there's a guy in my league that is in a rebuild, and he's got Aaron Rodgers. So I'm trying to buy Aaron Rodgers off him for Carson Wentz in a first. To me, that's saying he's not sure what, you know, he's in a rebuild, and we don't know what Aaron Rodgers' future is going to look like. It was a little up in the air this year. I think those are the kind of moves you have to make in your, if you're in a contender. You know, go and get Aaron Rodgers by adding a first, or go and get, you know, not Big Ben, but there's a, there's a lot of guys in that range where it's like, that's the type of veteran that I'm going after. You know, are there any other guys, if you're contending and you had Carson Wentz as your QB too, who do you want to go buy? I mean, are you, are you trading him for Ryan Fitzpatrick plus? Are you trading him for Tom Brady straight up? You know, what are the, the moves that we can make here? Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit in the past where personally I would not pay a first on top of Wentz for him. Um, if you can get, you know, a Derek Carr, a Daniel Jones plus maybe, uh, if you need somebody to slot into that second quarterback slot for week one, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, again, you know my thoughts on him. I'm not a Ryan Fitzpatrick guy. Uh, maybe Matt Ryan. Um, yes, that's who I was going to say next. Matt Ryan, seriously, you know, I posted the video with him and his kids, you know, with, with Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. He's got the weapons there to be a QB1 if you can move and, off the uh, fence and get a little bit. Yeah, and Sam Darnold, too. Maybe you might be able to get for Carson Wentz right now. Yeah. And it's, it's sad because I really wanted Wentz to take off once he went to the Colts. You know, we had talked about him joining up with Frank Reich, doing things again, and, you know, prayers up. I hope he's back by week one and, and see where things go. The next part was even more crushing if you're a Colts fan, right? Carson Wentz, I felt like, yeah, we're going to go with Easton. They're going to plug him in here. Let's see what happens. But Quentin Nelson goes down with the same foot injury, out 5-12. to 12. So now that everybody's out there, right? Jonathan Taylor, he's going to be fine if Carson Wentz goes down. No, Easton's going to be there. They're going to be a little bit more run heavy because they have one of the best run offensive lines in the league. Quentin Nelson might be the best run blocking guard in the league. He goes down. This has me a little worried. You know, I wasn't as worried when Carson Wentz down. I said, Jonathan Taylor is still a first round pick in redraft in one quarterback. Now you got to slot him into that mid second range. And this definitely takes a hit on him for for this season. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's cause for panic, but I was never, you know, I never had Jonathan Taylor as a top five running backer in in redraft. Um, and I, I don't think this really drops him that much, but it drops him in that tier that I had him in before, right? Mm -hmm. So as of right now, and I know a lot of people will disagree strongly with me here, but I prefer Clyde Edward Blair. I prefer Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, probably um, all for 2021 at least. And again, I, I do think that there's hope that both Lentz and Nelson could be back early on in the year. But you know, these guys are pretty close anyway. I, I was in the camp where I think Naeem Hines is still going to be involved as a pass catcher. We know Taylor can be a good receiver and get that yards after the catch, but. At the same time, we know that this is going to be a committee of sorts, even if Taylor is the clear lead back in said committee. Yeah, and I, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna segue here into underdog because I did, I did a bunch of uh, you know underdog best ball drafts. I knew you're the best ball king over there. You guys gotta check them out. Underdog has awesome, you know, you can do 30 second windows or eight hour windows. I did the 30 second window draft last night. And I got to say, Mung, that really makes you think where your priorities are at, right? Sometimes we got those slow drafts and we're sitting there thinking, okay, do I want this guy? Do I want that guy? I'm going to message my buddy. You got 30 seconds. You got to be on it, right? 
So, you know, my first pick, you know, I got I got Eckler and Diggs there. And Jonathan Taylor was in that range. But I, I elected not to. Right now, they have him as an ADP of 14. So that makes him, you know, the 202. And he's going behind only McCaffrey, Dalvin, Henry, Kamara, Zeke, Saquon, Eckler, Aaron Jones. And then it's Jonathan Taylor. So they have him as the RB8 right now. A guy, uh, ahead of guys you were just talking about. Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, and you, you have him behind most of those guys for this year, right? I mean, that's... That's kind of where you're slotting him? Yeah, and I think there's an argument for the elite wide receivers over him as well. Um, it's just, you know, I, I think it's fine if you still want to take him in that late first, early second range. But personally, I would wait until that mid to late second. There's just safer options with, I would say, similar top five upside that you can get. Yeah, and, and that was the tough part there. And you said it, you said it best with the wide receivers. I mean, when you're doing redraft – that's the same area we're taking DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley. And there's a little bit less risk there. I mean, if you can get those guys, they're going to come in week in and week out. For me, I'm still believing in Jonathan Taylor. You know, I feel like if I can get him mid-second, I'm still in there. Because if these injuries, Quentin Nelson's a guy who's an absolute animal. If he comes back week one, it's a different situation, right? I mean, if he's, if he's fully healthy and he comes back, that puts Jonathan Taylor back up into that you know, RB1 status. Sorry, <laughs> getting a little choked up over here. You know, I have too many shares of, of Jonathan Taylor. In Dynasty, I mean, I, look, I think we're looking at a 22, 23-year-old running back who still has a sky-high ceiling. But a lot of people in Dynasty have been putting him up there in that same pedestal as Christian McCaffrey way too soon. You know, I feel like we wanted him to get there. <laughs> but where would you slot him in your Dynasty rankings? I mean, do you have him in that... Let's say McCaffrey's in a tier of himself. We got Dalvin Cook, Kamara, Henry. Where do we put him in that in your dynasty rankings? Yeah, and I think he's still clearly above, you know, Kamara and Henry for me, considering the age and the questions on those two guys as well. I, I think Taylor's still a top ten dynasty pick in one quarterback format. We don't need to worry about him too much long term. Uh, but certainly, like like we said, we just simply and Nelson will return, and Cole. You know, they don't have a whole lot else. We don't know what this offense is going to look like with Jacob Easton or Sam Erlinger or whoever it might be under center. And the concern there is it's just going to be a lot of kind of slog matches in terms of, you know, run heavy, which is good for Taylor with their good defense. But at the same time, how many scoring opportunities are we going to see? How many red zone carries is he going to get if the offense can't get into that area of the field? That's the concern with Henry that limits his ceiling a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, you guys know I love Jonathan Taylor, but the one move I'm advocating, and we talk about it all the time, I love it, is insulated trades. So what I've been doing is I've been offering Jonathan Taylor to the Najee Harris owner for Najee Harris in a first because I feel like we're going to see a similar type upside this season and then add that first. And I have not been able to get it nailed down. The other thing is we're looking at, I feel like you can get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in a first, you know, or at least a a early second round pick. I mean, we've talked about him a lot on this show, realizing that people don't value these two players the same and the the difference in what they're going to put up is not quite that different. Yeah, I think I saw on Twitter a trade for Austin Eckler and two firsts and that if you can still get that kind of value for Taylor, that's kind of crazy. Like I would have sold him for that even even with Wentz and, you know, Quentin Nelson fully healthy to start the year. Right. I think that's one of our trades that actually got sent in. And it was like, 
if you can get Austin Eckler and two firsts, I mean, that is an absolute smash, except if you can get Austin Eckler and one first and you're a contender, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with those kind of moves. Really yeah, especially at running back. He's <laughs> getting too choked up over Taylor. I know, right? It's like really bad over here. I don't know what's going on. I was able to pull off a trade like that, and I, I think we talked about it, where I gave up Jonathan Taylor last year for Austin Eckler when he got hurt and a guy's first, and that first became the 101, and I ended up getting Najee and Austin Eckler. And, and those are the ways that, that you win. You get those those insulated trades, and you move on with that. What are the prospects right now of Jacob Eason? You know, I'm seeing a lot of people saying, you know, Dad, should I be buying him? I mean, what do we do here? I'm advocating staying away. You know, I mean, I could give up maybe a, a late second if you really need a quarterback. But in that case, I'm going out and buying Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone else, a, a Matt Ryan, a Ben Roethlisberger, who I'm a little bit more trusting in. Yeah, I mean, it, you don't want to pay up for short-term answers to your quarterback issues, right? It, a Tyrod Taylor type, a Teddy Bridgewater type where, you know, if you're desperate for help, they'll put up a few weeks of usable points for you. But, you know, how long are they going to remain the starting quarterback? That's the question. Ideally, you want these assets that you're paying for to be long-term answers. You got to give me a hell yeah, because Stone Cold (laughs) John just came onto the scene. A little late on the Jonathan Taylor, we passed the Jacob Eason. (laughs) Welcome to the show, man. Last week, you had an entrance of some Jay-Z music. I'm a big fan of the Attitude Generation of WWE. Oh, yeah. Stone Cold John. Stone Cold John, you've been putting a lot of stuff out there. What's going on with Jonathan Taylor? What should we be thinking? Good to be here. I came ready to rumble. I heard that Mung was down on Jonathan Taylor, so I had to to kind of step in here, fight, fight on this subject. No, and, and look, I gotta uh, say, yeah, the, the listener mm-hmm. count just, it, it's, it's just exploded. Up. It is exploded. Yeah. People are going wild. People are like one, we got a little stone cold going Two, John's on the pod right now. And three, dad didn't even pull off a boomer moment. It almost was seamless. It was, it was, a, it was an amazing thing to watch. And I, I'm trying to kind of step up the entrances and build the hype, you know, more and more each week now, you know, <laughs> you got, you got to, but, but look, yeah, I love the, love the title of this pod. Uh, no, no winces, big bucks, big bucks, no whammies. We're at that point luck. in the season. Yeah. It's, I was talking about it on Twitter earlier this week where like every notification, you're just like, Oh my gosh. What's coming next? And I just want to avoid the whammies, avoid the injuries. But, um, you know, it was, it was tough to see the thing, the back-to-back days with Wentz and then uh, with Nelson as well. But, but look, I think that the community is definitely overreacted, which we often see, and there's been an overcorrection on JT. You do have to be real about it. And I think that you have to consider him for this season, maybe down a couple spots. But I've seen a pretty massive overreaction. I still – have JT as a, a firm RB1. I mean, I just went back and looked at his his last season. 
he had no more than 16 touches twice in the first 12 games. He started pretty slow. And okay, this season, maybe he does start the season without Wentz and Nelson. And I'm just already seeing a notification after this pod started that they think Wentz is going to be coming back sooner than later anyway. And so both those guys are going to be coming back. Let's say that JT does start off a little bit slow without those two guys. There's no reason to believe that he can't reproduce what he did last year down the stretch, which was completely terrorized defenses and on his way to the RB6 finish. And I just kind of feel like with the talent this kid has, 2020 still might be his floor. And so, yeah, RB6 finish could be challenging, but it's definitely within the, you know, his his ceiling for the season. It's in the, the realm of possibility. And I've just seen now that people are kicking him and, and Mong here, I think it's kind of down on him. I know that Mong, you've got the risk averse strategy and so there's a lot of people that are weighing in on that, but I just, any, if he drops out of the top 12 running backs, I am smashing that Mike. Yeah. We were saying on underdog, he's going at, at 14 right now, you know, with in the same yeah. range as, as Hopkins and Ridley. And we were talking about to me, the only moves you're really making here, you're not trying to give up. I'm, I'm seeing people like, should I give up Jonathan Taylor straight for J.K. Dobbins? Should I give up Jonathan Taylor straight for Joe Mixon? Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down a little bit, you know? We were talking yeah. about insulated trades where if you can get Edwards Hilaire, Najee Harris in a first, you know, do those kind of moves. If you can get those guys in a early second, yeah. that's okay. You know, I'm okay right. with that. But, right. because we, but Jonathan Taylor has the talent. I mean, we saw down the stretch what he was able to do. He absolutely tore it up down the stretch. And he's a guy that if he falls in your redraft to that mid-second, like you're talking about, oh, you know, right yeah. now he's at 202. If he falls to 206, smash except I'm, I'm flying off the top ropes with an elbow, just going to come there. down and s- slam down on that, that pick if he falls that far. The people's elbow. You know, you got to drop that on him. You're, you're stone cold, John. We're going a little bit rock. But <laughs> no, I mean, I was listening to Dave Richard before we got on here, and he was saying that he's obviously out of that first round. But if he gets in that mid-second, I'm even seeing sometimes late second. If you compare, you know, you can get a guy like Dalvin Cook with your early pick and your second pick. Oh, my gosh. And Jonathan yeah. Taylor in redraft. JT is your two. Yeah. That's, a, that's a winning combo. I think even for this season, but certainly also a dynasty. Like, everybody, take a deep breath. This kid is supremely talented. And all those folks are coming back within a few weeks of the season. And so the long-term picture doesn't really change for me much at all. Like, I don't, I don't know that I've moved JT at all. I think he's still should be considered a top five running back in dynasty top six worst case in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I just kind of would tell everyone to take a deep breath. We're already hearing Winston come back a little sooner. And there's, there's still – it's a long season. In fact, it's a longer season than it even was last year. So we're good. So our next one we actually had sent in from it, Keep Trade Cut. You know, we like that. We're going to be installing something like that here in the next couple of weeks of our, our own Smash version of that. And he posted on Twitter. It was a nice little poll here. He says, with the, with the Wentz injury, you know, that has to hurt the market value. But what does that do to the pass catchers? I mean, we, we have let's, – let's play a little game here. You know, let's play Keep Trade Cut based off their ADP, he has Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and T.Y. Hilton. Now, he, in the rankings there, he goes from wide receiver 36 to 48 for Pittman, 57 to 66, 
and 77 to 92. So, so pretty drastic moves there, you know, that we could potentially cash in on if Wentz does come back early. Out of these three guys, and let's play it redraft instead of Dynasty because Dynasty makes it too easy. Keep one, trade one, cut one. Mung, who are you going with? Yeah, I would keep Pittman. Uh, I would trade Campbell, and I'd cut T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you know, I know we're talking redraft, but T.Y. Hilton is just on his last legs at this point. Uh, it's difficult for me to see him as a major contributor. He's had trouble staying healthy. Uh, I think Pittman can be, you know, that downfield, go up and get a target that Carson Wentz can find. Uh, so for me, I, I think Pittman's ceiling is still highest for both this year and going forward. What about you, John? Yeah, actually, while I, I fought Mung there on JT, I, I'm with him on, on this. I'm keeping Pittman, trading Campbell, and cutting Hilton. But I will say this, not a good time to trade any Colts on your team. No, absolutely not. It's just not a good time. Like, you're going to have to maybe sit on some of those guys. Yeah, and I was talking about with a league mate. He, he messaged me. He's like, hey, dad. He doesn't call me dad when they're in the league mate. You don't have to. But he's like, I have an opportunity in a one-quarterback league. He's like, I have Aaron Rodgers and I have Matthew Stafford. But a guy said he'll give me Trey Lance for Michael Pittman in a one-quarterback league. So I, I'm thinking there, you know, we, we get into this situation. Mung, can we call that a smash except? Oh, I mean, you know how I feel about it. Absolutely. I, I, oh, my I gosh, him. yeah. And and he's like, all my buddies say, no, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Matthew Stafford. And I'm like, Michael Pittman is is a guy that's – how many how many times are you going to start him this year? Two, maybe three, you know? Spot if you start, build yeah. your roster properly, you're not starting Michael Pittman, period. But Trey Lance, on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers, we don't know what's happening with him, Matthew Stafford. But now you get into a situation, and it was a 14-team one quarterback league, which is getting close to super flex. You know, once you yeah. get 14 teams, there's only so many quarterbacks. I said, you're going to be surprised at the value of Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going late for yeah, some rookie picks in a one quarterback league, and it's only going to go up. Um, let, let's talk real quick before we go into the next trade. I mean, Mung, he is lighting camp up. You know, I mean, I, I've seen some some tweets of you recently, and you're super <laughs> excited yeah, about it. There's some hot takes. I mean, I, I've been taking him in all my best ball leagues. I'm considering when I got my Superflex draft coming up in two weeks about really trying to get him in there because he's really starting to feel like a league winner this year and not just a dynasty play. Yeah, I don't remember who I was talking to. Somebody DM'd me and asked about uh, when they would take Trey Lance in a Superflex startup, and I pretty much told them, look, I, I want Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, and then it's Trey Lance. It, you know, I don't know that anybody else, any of the non-quarterbacks, C.D. Lamb, D.K. Metcalf, in Superflex, I could see Trey Lance easily being worth them plus a first by this time next year. Hot take, hot take. I like Justin yeah. Herbert in there too, but you got a great point. And I had a similar question, you know, and John, I'll kick it over to you, but a guy goes, hey, where should I be targeting in a startup? And, and you know, tag us in these all the time because we love doing it. Where should I be targeting Fields and um, he said Fields and Lance in a super flex startup? And I said, if you can get them at that two, three turn, I mean, imagine somewhere in there you get, you know, you get Mahomes and you get one of those guys at that two, three wrap. I feel like they keep pushing themselves up and I'd rather be on the early side because I feel like both these guys are going to smash. I agree. I totally agree. First of all, on that trade, and even in one quarterback league, 14-team league, 
I mean, I'm flying in there and just clothesline somebody to get to that to that that accept button there, smashing that. And and you're absolutely right. And and actually can understand Mung's hype on Trey Lance. And he's been kind of uh, the leading conductor of that that hype train, but it it's, seems they to be deserving. They went on vacation. Yeah, they went on vacation together. together. What people are we talking? Even, yeah, I've, people don't even people don't even realize that. that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I think that he is starting to creep up. Um, Shanahan's trying to downplay it so that the hype doesn't get so out of control that he loses like steam in the press. I love that. Like a day after he said, "We're not worried about giving." Lance any first team reps. He was getting first team reps. And then in third play, he throws like a 50 yard bomb for a touchdown. He just adds that element that Jimmy G couldn't ever hope to do with the with the running the element. And even if they have to work him in over the first few weeks, he's going to have his own package. And it's just going to be obvious to the fans, to the team, to the GM, to the coaches, that Lance is the future. And so in Dynasty, I can see you taking him in the first. If you can get Lance or Fields, like you said, Dad, there at the second round, kind of late second, early third. That's also a smash for me. I have uh, Lance in a number of leagues, and I'm pumped to see him. I've, I was able to get Fields in the uh, Scott Fishbowl, uh, kind of rep, repping that again here tonight. But I, you know, the other thing I might just add is, like, this is just – I know that there's a lot of hyperbole and hype, but this rookie QB class really just could be so special. Like, yeah. oh, hey, don't forget about Trevor Lawrence. Remember he's that guy? Right. He's, right. <laughs> he's pretty good. And so, yeah, okay, the Jaguars might not be quite as exciting as the Niners, but he really is the guy that was getting that generational kind of tab there for a while. And then, you know, Mac Jones is, is outplaying Cam Newton in a lot of scrimmages. And then, you know, Zach Wilson shows some potential, too. So I think we could look back this time next year to Monk's point and see all these guys going really early in Superflex draft. So it's exciting. Yeah. It's going to be it's fun to watch. You, you use that yeah, term, I mean, like, to use generational talent. And I heard a life alert. Yeah. We were trying to get censored there. <laughs> Don't talk about generational talent. You tried to beat me out when it's, I said it. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's too much. Go ahead, Monk. No, I was going to say, I mean, a few years ago, look at Baker Mayfield, right? He had like an okay rookie year, and then he shot up into like that first round of Superflex, you know, startup drafts. So if these guys even show, you know, a few flashes, we saw Jalen Hurts' ADP just yeah. shoot up after like three or four games. So these guys right. have that rushing upside. Uh, as long as we get a couple of blow-up games, they're going in the first round of Superflex startups next year, guaranteed. Yeah, look at Justin Herbert right now. Yeah, one thing I've been doing is is I'm not liking the news I'm hearing about Joe Burrow, and I've been I've been targeting Lance and Fields and getting you know those insulated trades. I know I keep talking about it, but if you can get one of those two guys on top, you know, and and avoid some of that risk, some of that you know things that we're hearing about the knee getting days off, being worried about you know making those throws and the things that come with injuries, take away as much risk as possible. Let's jump into some trades. You know, we we set, got one sent in here from Scott, my cup of tea, and he has it's a 12-team PPR Superflex, Amari Cooper in a 22 first, or Jonathan Taylor. Let's just throw Kellen Mond in the third out the window. Let's just call it Jonathan Taylor or Amari Cooper in a first. Mong, we'll start with you. I know Amari Cooper is one of your guys. I cannot believe the disrespect of Amari Cooper on Twitter where you, you mentioned Amari Cooper and people act like he's wide receiver 18 to 20. 
the guy is perennially in that top 10 to 12 range when he's been on the Cowboys. Would you make this trade? Well, from the poll results, it, it looks like this heavily favors the Jonathan, the Jonathan Taylor side, but I think it's a smash except for the Cooper plus the first side. I mean, foot issues aside with the ankle surgery, it sounds like Cooper is expected to be ready for week one. We're talking about a guy who was the number one wide receiver in PPR formats with a healthy Dak Prescott last year through five weeks. He's a top five, top eight wide receiver for 2021. And to get a future first on top, especially in a super flex format, I would take Cooper in the first pretty handily here. All right. Uh, definitely interesting takes on that because, I, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's a guy who was going in that back end of the first. And I see what you're saying there. Try to get out of that, be a little bit, you know, move on. John, what are you feeling here about Jonathan Taylor? Are you taking Cooper in that first we're going to call it a mid because we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I always feel like that's the way we got to do it. If you're making your own trades, you know, if someone else's mid, I consider a late. You know, someone's like, I'm going to give you a random first. I always factor in it as a late. But if we're doing it in trades like this, I kind of look at it as a mid. So let's call it 106 to 108 next year and Amari Cooper. I mean, I think I'm going to have to put Mong in like a sleeper hold here because um, I'm just not going to allow this. Stone Cold John is definitely taking the Jonathan Taylor side. I think my daughter heard us talking about WWE. I switched from water to a uh, Monster Energy iced tea. You know what I mean? Go a little bit more with the demographic here of WWE. I love it. Love it. (laughs) No, I mean, I I really, I, I get the points. I do agree that Amari is underrated. He's still just somehow 27. You love you love getting the first, but I'm I'm easily still on the Jonathan Taylor side. I'm not at all worried about his dynasty value. Let me I think right he's there. a top five guy. John, what, what? John, let me ask you this. Is it an Amari Cooper thing? Would it would it change it if I said, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or Stefan Diggs plus a first? Because I, I think Cooper's in that same conversation. Well, I think – and I'm mm-hmm. leaning the same way. Let's call it C.D. Lamb. So let's call it C.D. Lamb in a first for Jonathan Taylor. Or, you know – yeah, we're in that same area. Those guys are somehow Mon like he broke out of my sleeper hold. He, he got back in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just out of control. Uh, no, I understand the point though. I do have Cooper just um, a tier below the, the the other guys you mentioned. Personally, I think Jonathan Taylor is worth um, bordering on three firsts, certainly two and uh, another asset, maybe two firsts in a second if you're just trying to compare in picks. And so this trade isn't that far off. Um, if you look at the, the poll results, it's definitely heavy in JT, but I'm, I'm just going to stick with it. Even if it was CD in the first right now, I'm probably sticking with the JT side. Having those elite young dynasty running backs for me is still how you win. And I think you can find other wide receivers to pair with him in your startups. Um, and, you know, potentially one of those guys in the Amari type tier if you're building a team, I'd rather do it that way. That's just my personal preference. And that's that's why we love Dynasty, right? That's why we talked about Dynasty yeah, yeah. trades. That's why we brought this up. Lots of ways to win. We can make this trade work, right? I feel like, you know, we're, we're almost looking at people are selling Amari Cooper. And, and let's, let's talk a little bit about Amari Cooper. Because I feel like you can get him for late first in a Michael Pittman. You know, I feel like we talked about something like that. You know, where you can get him for a late first in a toss-in. Or even maybe... 
mid to late. You know what I mean? We're, we're, he's too cheap. But we can make a difference here where I almost feel like there's almost a first-round evaluation loss in there. But Mung has him, has Cooper very high. You know, other people don't have him. So that that's where you can win in Dynasty Trades. You know, you can, you can step in there and, and put a feeler trade out. Start out a little bit low. See what they come back with and then kind of find yourself somewhere in the middle. So I, I feel like that kind of gives you something to work with in there. This Dallas Cowboys offense is going to be fantastic. And I want as many pieces as possible. The guy I'm trying to buy right now, and I want to get both your takes on this, is Michael Gallup. I mean, let's see. Super Lamb's, cheap. CeeDee Lamb's price is through the roof. You know, Amari Cooper, you know, is, is in that 27-year-old range, and, and he's he's cheap. But Michael Gallup is way, way, way too cheap. I'm seeing him go for second-round picks. And we're looking at a guy here where if one of those two wide receivers goes down, I could easily see him having a wide receiver two season. He's in a contract year. And, I mean, let's say he goes somewhere else and he's that 1B instead of that third guy. What can we see from Michael Gallup? I mean, what do you guys think of him this year? We'll start out with you, John. I mean, I'm excited for the guy getting to be maybe my wide receiver five. Give him an opportunity where if someone goes down, he's worthy. And he's even – he's fine to yeah. flex on a weekly basis. I, I think so because that's what you're going to see in that offense is Dak is going to move the ball around and there's going to be weeks where Gallup ends up being even the top guy potentially. We saw it in, in the past. And so – you look at you look at just how much cheaper he is than CD and Amari, and and the value is definitely there. Being on a top five offense and and hitch to Dak, absolutely. It's, again, when you get later in the draft, my style is to go for upside yeah. and guys that can give you those big upside weeks. Certainly in best ball, but even in your redraft leagues, that is those are the kinds of guys that you want on your roster. So definitely like Gallup. I personally believe, and I know you're, you're gonna have a hard time hearing this here, Dad, but I do think C.D. Lamb, with all the camp hype and everything, we're getting to the point where I think that he, his value is getting a little bit inflated in redraft, and and so be careful of that. I mean, it's yeah. getting to the point where I mean, and in Dynasty, I saw that. I mean, Ryan McDowell posted he he's like the one twelve overall yeah. in ADP for Dynasty. To me, that's getting too steep for me personally. Why? Because again. You're going to spread the ball around. You still have Amari there. You have Gallup. Maybe he leaves after this year, but the Cowboys are going to just continue to load up with weapons for Dak. Mung, I want you to, to hit on that, but I want to talk a little bit about what you just said there too, John. Is And I, I'm more guilty of this than anyone, right? I was probably the first person to say A.J. Brown's the wide receiver one in Dynasty, right? And what did I say two weeks ago? C.D. Lamb's the Dynasty wide receiver one. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Are we yeah. jumping the gun too soon? I mean, are we, you know, we want that shiny toy, but we take Keenan Allen's, Stefan Diggs, you know, Amari Cooper's for granted. And we just say, well, C.D. Lamb should go in the first round because he showed us what he could do year one. We saw what Justin Jefferson could do year one. I mean, do we just jump the gun way too soon? I mean, I feel like start with Gallup and then let's, let's keep this conversation going. I like where it's going. Yeah, well, in terms of Gallup, I think he is undervalued because the range of outcomes is so wide for him in 2022 and beyond, right? He is a free agent, like you said. And I don't know that he's necessarily a number one wide receiver, but I think he's a very strong number two option for whatever team gets him. Uh, I don't think that the Cowboys are going to be able to pay up for him. And, you know, this year, too, he has upside, right? Because we're hearing positive reports about Amari Cooper's recovery from that foot surgery. 
But there is a, a world where Cooper misses a few games, at which point is probably a solid wide receiver, too, for those weeks. Um, and at the same time, you can probably get him pretty cheap. I, I think his ADP is behind Michael Pittman's right now in Dynasty Startups. And, you know, I don't expect consistent production from either of those players this year, but I think the weekly ceiling is pretty high for both. So you might be able to get Gallup Plus for a guy like Pittman. Um, T. Higgins, if you can get Gallup Plus a late first or early second for T. Higgins, I would do that deal. I think a lot of these guys are, you know, the downfield options who are going to be a bit boomer bust. So take that cheaper option. I like it. John, yeah. let's talk a little bit. I mean, you know, I know we're, it's, it's a little bit of an, uh, a hot topic, but I mean, when these guys bust out onto the scene, we get them as rookies. They have a good rookie season. They show promise. And now all of a sudden, because CD lambs 22, because Justin Jefferson is 22, we pass them over guys that are 25, you know, in the past, we, we would say, well, this guy's 22 and this guy's 28. But now we're doing it already where we're like, well, Stefan Diggs is 26. You know, let's let's move him off there. Or these guys, we're, we're trying to jump that age cliff, and we keep getting earlier and earlier. Is it too much? Yeah, sorry, just gathering my thoughts there. <laughs> um, I know, it's not yeah, no, show I... sheet, it's organic. But... <laughs> no, 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 I love this. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that it's like we keep moving the bar further and further down. I know youth is king and we, we could talk about that um, as long as we want, but I, I love having some of these guys that are a bit older and established. Like uh, we talked about new Hopkins earlier or Diggs or Tyree kill. Those are the guys I want on my rosters where I'm really competing and going for it. And so youth is really nice to have, but, if I'm if I'm going in, I actually prefer in some ways to have these guys that are a little bit more well established that I know for sure are going to be that alpha number one and are just going to churn up points for me week in, week out. And again, I'm not sure we can say that right now about a CD lamb or even like a Jamar Chase. Look at his situation. Right. So you know, you know, I see Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb going ahead of all those guys in some drafts. And that's where, to your point, that you got to be careful. Um, and, you know, for me, if you're competing in that three-year window, did you really do yourselves any favor by going so young? So it's it's a balancing act. It just depends, kind of comes back to your overall strategy and what you want to do. Uh, you're on mute, Mike. You got me so worked up, I put myself on mute. You know, I'm over here. But, you know, over the last... It's the intimidation of having Stone Cold on the show. It, it, it is. It's your little starstruck. I get it. It yeah. is. I'm the ginger. I'm more of the Brock Lesnar. You did take me down here. But, uh, you know, over the last couple of months, in the offseason, our plan was to bring you the best at what they do. You know, we had guys on to talk about film analysis, guys to talk about rookie drafts. And I think the most important part here and takeaway is when it comes to those rookie drafts, and Mung and I have talked this about this quite a bit, is if you wanted Jamar Chase, you go get him in that rookie draft, right? Because as soon as the rookie draft's over and we get into camp hype, we're seeing where his value is starting to go. And is he even going to go higher once he starts getting out there on the field? And if he puts up 1,000 yards and six touchdowns, Jamar Chase is going to be un- – you're not going to be able to purchase him at all. So one thing that we really got to take away is when you have those rookie drafts, don't be afraid to go in and get your guy. You know, I heard a lot of people say, well, that guy wanted a second-round pick to move up three spots, so I ended up going with, with Devonta Smith instead of Jamar Chase. Pay that second. You know, it's like Use that capital. It's your team. Yeah. 
build that capital. Um, we're excited. You know, we had all those guests on. We're going to be going back to our bread and butter here. The three of us talking about trades, you know, really hitting that home with you guys. And we're yeah, excited baby. for the regular season. I mean, it is it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. and maybe It's actually right happening right now. we got a game that's going live right now. And we got Najee going tonight. I'm wearing my luck jersey because I don't want any okay. whammies. Yeah, no whammies. It's press your luck. No whensies, no whammies. <laughs> and Najee Harris love is my it, most it. owned player, okay? Oh, my gosh. I've lost yeah, don't even watch. I've lost Wentz. And, uh, you know, i gotta, I got to put this next one up here. Get him out of there, Tomlin. <laughs> I got I to post this next one because we have one other trade I wanted to talk about. And I think they put it up on here just to mess with me. But it is from a podcast that was part of our uh, last year. It was the, the Dynasty Dad under 1K. This year it's the, the Smash Accept. If you guys have a podcast under 1,000 listeners, we want to put together a tournament for you guys to get more listeners, to get more exposure. So if you guys are doing that, hit us one, one of us up. We're going to do that in the next couple of months. And one of those was the Ballroom to Basement podcast. Great podcast, great group of guys. They put Carson Wentz or Cam Akers. I lost both of them on the same team. So it's super flex. If you had to choose here, who are you taking, John? First of all, the 1K thing, I love that, it, the, the tournament. Where This is going to be like a cage match. We just throw all these guys in there battling each other out, and it's going to be no holds barred. Somebody's going to pick up a chair, take somebody else out, and then, you know, We'll, we'll go from there. It was great but, hearing, you know, hearing it from the guys would be like, my exposure, you know, our listens went from this to that. And we got people from your podcast yeah. checking out our podcast. And that's what it's all about. You know, we want to absolutely, we want, we're not just building about, each other up. Exactly. We want you to listen to, to other people as well. I mean, come hit up smash, except of course, but there are other podcasts out there that do some great things. And if we can shed a little light on them and we're going to be having some of their hosts on the podcast, you know, here in the next couple of weeks anyways. Yeah, but I mean, coming coming back to the question, um, for me, I'm, I'm going Cam Akers there. Uh, I, and I think that, you know, if you unless you were pretty desperate for QB, I, that's the, the direction I would lean. I know that the Achilles thing is, again, a mystery. We talked about it on the show. Go back and check out that pod. But I, I'm giving the edge to, to Cam Akers here. I think that he's still young enough at 22 um that he, he could still get back to let's at a minimum rb2 value i think we'd agree on that but he still has shown that he could get into rb1 territory if he can recover in a, a high profile rams offense so that's where i'm going i haven't completely lost all faith in wins like some people have but i'm giving acres the edge there what about you mom I'm definitely going Wentz here. We're talking about a player who's missing at least an entire year, if not more, versus a player who is expected back by, you know, week six, week seven at the latest. Um, add in the, the scarcity of quarterbacks in a super flex format. And then, you know, we talked about this a ton on that Acres episode. But even if Acres does come back, you know, how much are the Rams going to trust him to ever be a workhorse again? Uh, I don't see that elite upside with him, even if he does return to full health. So for me, it's what's here. And the poll was split right down the middle, 50-50. So we kind of got a little bit of a Royal Rumble type thing going on, right? You're tossing people up over the ropes. What I want to do now, you know, and this is completely unscripted, but just talk about one guy, one guy who you're trying to buy, one guy who you know is going to take off in value. I'm going to start because he's my most owned player and he's playing tonight. It's Najee Harris. I said it before, I'm trying to move – 
off of Jonathan Taylor for Najee Harris in a first. I'm trying to move off Dalvin Cook for Najee Harris in a first plus. I'm trying to move out because I think this guy is on the same level as what we saw from, if not better, don't question this, from Le'Veon Bell in his prime. I mean, the way this guy has looked in camp, what I've seen from him in Alabama on tape, I am all in on Najee Harris. It could come back and bite me, but I mean, I sold... I sold Antonio Gibson for Najee Harris and Devonta Smith. I I literally have been selling guys that I like for someone that I love, and I think that's Najee Harris. And you guys know that that's my guy. I had to throw him out there, and I even said something bad about Antonio Gibson. Mung, we'll go with you next. What's one guy that you're just so excited about and you're advocating for possibly moving on to? And he can't say Trey Lance. <laughs> I, I know. I, I think everyone's heard me talk way too much about Trey Lance. So I'll go with Tom Brady here. Um, you know, he's 44 years old, just turned 44 a couple days ago. Happy belated birthday to him. But uh, like, what, what are we doing here? Uh, I know Seriously. I know that I know Konami code, uh, the rushing floor and upside is what we all want in fantasy quarterbacks nowadays. But we're talking about a guy who could potentially throw 50-plus touchdowns this year. And, you know, at that point, it doesn't matter if he rushes for negative yardage again because look at what he has to work with. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski, a top-five offensive line. Like, And then go into the narrative a little bit, right? We know that it was a bad breakup between Belichick and Brady leaving New England. He already kind of stuck into Belichick, winning that Super Bowl. But you know that in the first season with 17 regular games, Brady's just chomping at the bit to break records. He knows Peyton has that record. He wants to be number one in absolutely everything. I think we're in for a possibly historic season from Brady this year. And even in, you know, Dynasty, I know you might only get one more year out of him. But if you're a contending team, I'd be buying him as much as possible. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good take. I mean, Tom Brady won me Spot seven on. championships where last year I was giving up a second-round pick because people are like, eh, it's starting to go in Superflex. Throw in there, you know, somebody that really wants somebody like Jacob Eason and plus a second, package up and get Eason out of there and go get Tom Brady. Stone Cold John, what's up? Yeah, well, so I was actually sneaking up behind Mung with the chair and I was about to just hammer him over the head with it. But I actually agree with them on this take for sure. I couldn't believe it I, I, when I put uh, a thread up today. I was looking at underdog average ADP for this season, and the goat TB12 is going as QB11. Like what? Like come on, come on, guys. He finished as the QB9, and now he's been in that system. He's loaded with the weapons Mom just talked about, and he's on a mission. So uh, yeah, for sure uh, on competing teams like the one that I have in the Smash Listener League. I might add, I have Tom Brady as my two. And so excited to watch him. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about some of the running back values. You know, I, I talk constantly about Antonio Gibson, but he's still such a great value. I'm trying to buy. And then we talk about Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler. Um, we've already talked about all those guys. So if I had to throw another guy in, throwing Aaron Jones in there, especially for this season, I don't think that his ADP is quite recovered yet from the Aaron Rodgers soap opera. And I talked about that in, in my thread. Go check that out as well. But he, he did finish. People forget this already, right? Um, 2020 finishes the RB6. That's both total and in, in average points per game. 
And with Rodgers back, everybody's back. Same offense with the floor. He, he's a tremendous red zone runner. He has the trust of Rodgers. And right now he's go, he's been going as like running back eight, nine. In, in dynasties, slid down to like running back 15 now. And so it seems like pretty good value in both those scenarios. Jamal Williams left. Yeah, you got A.J. Dillon in there. But um, we know that Aaron Rodgers really does have um, certain players that he prefers to, to work with. And he's, let's be honest, he's kind of calling some of the shots there along with LaFleur. And so I think that Rodgers and Jones are going to put up really solid numbers this year. And so that's another nice running back buy for me. I like that. And I, I just bought him. You know, I gave Cam Akers into the – 23 first, which I'm hoping is late for Aaron Jones because the three of us is going to be a grudge match, right? We're going to be in there. Oh, and, I know. Uh, Smash Except Listener League 1, super active. Everybody's in there talking trash. Smash Except Listener League 2, I'm trying to trade it up and make it a, you know, get a little bit of liveliness in there. Two more guys I have are wide receiver position. I've talked about it before. Terry McLaurin's about to go off. Terry McLaurin's a guy you can buy yeah, right baby. now. And, and you go and you trade for one of these guys that's slightly ahead of him plus. You know, you, I still saw yesterday um, DeAndre Hopkins and a second for Terry McLaurin in a first. Go get those kind of moves. Go get that done. If you're not a contender, Terry McLaurin is going to help you win. You know, and we talked about it. I did that last year where it ended up being McLaurin in the 102, getting me Najee Harris for DeAndre Hopkins. It's better to get out a year ahead and build on. And Terry McLaurin's a guy I believe in. Another wide receiver I believe in who – I've, you know, I, I got to believe there's rumors all over the place about the Eagles trading for Deshaun Watson. And Devonta Smith is already a little bit banged up in camp. He's the only guy in the league with skinnier legs than me. But if we get, you know, if Devonta Smith is paired up with Deshaun Watson, with the, what they were saying in camp, with his route running ability, this dude's value is going to skyrocket. You know, all he needs is that quarterback and staying on the field. Someone that I'm saying, go out there and kick it out there because I saw someone today said that they got an offer of, of Waddle for Devontae Smith in an early second. And I'm like, it wasn't that far off. You know, a couple months ago we were talking about they're right there neck and neck when it comes to your rookie draft. So go out there and kick the tires on Devontae Smith because people are believing he might totally be agree. Jeff, yeah, I, I, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to – well, I was going to add to that. I, I had a guy that in one of my leagues that – traded Devonta Smith for Brandon Cooks. Like, total overreaction. Like, what are you doing? You just drafted the guy in a rookie draft. He was a first-round pick. Come on. I don't care if it's Jalen Hurts or, or – like, what are we Brandon Cooks like that? Last yeah. week we said Cam Akers was traded for Brandon Cooks in the 209. I couldn't like, believe it. I mean and, – And as a side note, by the way, like, Dad, I know that now your weakness in the ring are your legs, so I'm just going to take you low. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that picture, man. I'm a little, I'm a little top heavy, you know. I bench 300, but I probably don't even leg press 300. You know, <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But all right, Mung, who's one more guy here, or or maybe a a guy that you pay up for before he before he smashes, and then maybe a a, a deep buy. Uh, I mean, a guy that nobody's been talking about really is Anthony Ferkser. You know, there was a little bit of hype on him this off season until they signed Julio Jones. Um, and then people were like, well, yeah, I mean, he's still the tight end one on that team. I got him for Anthony Schwartz in a 23 third and I went running around, you know, like I, I ran the whole way around the house. People think I'm crazy. 
Yeah, and you know, we know that the Titans secondary is absolutely awful, probably bottom five in the league. They're going to be in a lot more shootouts than they were in years past. It's one of the reasons I've talked about why I'm a little bit hesitant about Derrick Henry this year. But, you know, even with Julio Jones there, I, I think there's an ample role for Anthony Ferkser here, and he's being, you know, completely disregarded by most. John, before we turn it over to you, we're going to have Maddie Daddy on in a couple of weeks. You know, he's awesome when it comes to the rest yeah. of So I got to know, who's your brother? Who's the guy you're going <laughs> with here? Well, no, so using that brother term, how about the Moore brothers? All right, and picture these guys strolling into the ring together. They're bushwhacker style. They're both like, you know, 5'9", yeah. in this case, but yeah. Rondale Moore and Elijah Moore. Go get yourself some of those guys. Uh, invest ahead of the curve. Even, you know, buy a little bit high maybe, but get these guys before they blow up even more. They're both flashing every day in camp. Rondell looks like the clear slot guy, and I think he's going to be the number two pretty quickly. Yeah. Yes, A.J. Green's starting to look okay. Old man Green and Christian Kirk, I don't think we're too worried about in a high-profile offense. And then Elijah Moore, it may take a little time. He's still got Crowder there, but he could be the one in the Jets offense. So I'm going with the, the Moore brothers entering the ring together. The, the one tag team of, of brothers as well that's not quite as well known. You got Gus Edwards and you got Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards is going to step up this year. Gus Edwards, you know. But, hey, guys, we, we're right at that hour mark. It's been a fantastic show. It's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, hitting up on those trades, talking – Keep sending those in, hashtag smash accept or tag one of us or all of us in them. We'll keep doing that for you guys. Why don't we close out, tell everybody what you guys got going on, and, uh, yeah, we'll keep moving. Well, Stone Cold John signing out here. You can find me at Dynasty underscore trades. Perfect time to start mixing it up. we got redraft season. Let us help you out with your drafts, with your trades. We can talk auction. We can talk redraft. Go get your board and have some fun with draft season, baby. Yeah, uh, you guys can always find all my stuff over at Fantrax. So you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot more, you know, win now, which guys do you want for contending teams as we get closer and closer to the season because the goal is always to win now. Uh, as long as that's a realistic goal for your squad, uh, don't worry about 20. 2022 or 2023 until after you get that title for 2021. So just keep that in mind. Love it. I'm going to end it here. You know, we're so excited for the season, Godwin. Go over to draftkits.co. That's .co. Get that smash code in there, 10% off, and enjoy the process of the draft and the podcast.